Hey, this is Big Lou. That's double L-O-U. Hi, I'm Veronica Jackson. Hey, everybody, this is Adam Gusso. I'm Dietrich Farr. Hey there, folks, this is Don Flynn of the American Songster, slapping the dap with Jack Dapper. Hi, this is Guy Davis. Hi, I'm Shamika Copeland. Hey, I'm Ben Turner of Piedmont Blues. I'm here with Valerie Turner. And we are bluesing with Lamont Jack Burley. Hi, I'm Larry Griffin, and I keep it locked and loaded on Jack Dapper Blues. Yes, yes, yes. Petey Wheatstraw, one of the most infamous blues musicians and entertainers ever to grace this planet with one of the most infamous folklore and folktale stories attached to his name that's been told over and over again all the way up until Dolomite doing a movie with the title of Petey Wheatstraw, The Devil's Son-in-Law. On this episode of Jack Dapper Blues, I speak yet again to Petey's great-nephews about their new project, re-releasing his music, Petey Wheatstraw Reloaded. What's happening, what's happening, what's happening, blues people? You are yet again tuned into Jack Dapper Blues Radio. We have a second time guest on our show. We're going to do a catch-up so you guys could understand what's going on if you missed the previous interview. But before we get into all that, let's introduce our guests. James Rico, what's happening? Introduce yourselves, gentlemen. Uh, good evening, uh, Jack Dapper. Good evening to you and your audience. My name is James Bunch. I'm a great nephew of William Bunch, professionally known as Petey Weestrup. And I'm Rico Doty. Uh, hello, fans. Jack Dapper, what's going on? Uh, I am the son-in-law of James Bunch and my great-great-great-great-great? Yeah, great, yeah, great, great nephew-in-law <laughs> of, <laughs> of William Bunch, professional known as Peter Weistra. All right, now, so we're going to jump into it. First of all, congratulations on the addition to your family since we've spoken last. Oh, man, appreciate it. I got a few more gray hairs. <laughs> Trust me, I know. <laughs> and I, uh, James, I heard you got some great agricultural things going on we want to discuss as well. Oh, great. Absolutely. Okay, cool. So to, to give the audience a brief, uh, how do you say, I don't want to say update, but but to catch them up to speed to our last conversation. Our last conversation was you finding out that you were indeed not only related to, but the great nephew of Peter Wistro and the different things that transpired throughout the trajectory of the family, which is why it was something that was, uh, I guess, discovered later on, correct? Yes, sir, that's correct. All right, so w- do me a favor, please recap that briefly so so that we can bring them up to speed to the new news that you guys have. Okay, good. Well, I'm originally born and raised in a little town called Cotton Plant, Arkansas, same town Petey grew up in. However, Petey was born in Ripley, Tennessee, uh, approximately 15 years ago now. Uh, my family and I, my brothers, my siblings, uh, we learned that we were related to William Bunch, professionally known as Petey Weestraw. Now, our parents, Jewel and Addie Bunch, and others at that time, uh, including uncles and aunts, they kept the knowledge of Petey Weestraw from us. And this was based upon his father, James Bunch, did not want him to sing the blues. 
So back mm. when Petey was doing this blues thing, back in the you know the thirties, uh, his father forbid forbade his siblings to have anything to do with him, uh, not listen to his music, so on and so forth. Because my grandfather, my great grandfather, he was you know very religious, a Bible thumper, you know if you will, and so. All of these decades, we never knew of our relationship with Petey Weestrong until, here's how the story goes. I had a younger brother living in Fayetteville, Arkansas, and uh, he was approached by a white gentleman who knew him, who knew of his name, and asked him, was he related to Petey Weestrong? And my brother thought, well, no. Uh, He said, well, your last name is Bunch, correct? He said, yes. He said, well, here's an article uh, where it talks about William Bunch, the bluesman known as Petey Weistrow. Is he your relative? And my brother mm. said, well, no, not to my knowledge. And so he took that information, took it home, put it on the shelf, and let it sit there for over a year. And so during a family trip uh, back home, he uh, asked our parents, are we related to this guy, uh, Petey Weistrow? That's when they broke down and told him and the other siblings who were around, but we all had scattered now and moved out of the home, uh, that we were related to Peter Weistrow. And that's when, you know, the research began. We found out he had a catalog of 161 songs. We found out that Decca Records, you know, was the owner of those songs at one point uh, who, who had recorded him. Vocalion Records, you know, all of the old school uh, recording uh, studios. And so from there, uh, you know, we became inquisitive and wanted to know as much as we could about our great uncle. We researched to see if he had a family, you know, wife and, and child, which we found out that he did. However, everyone had passed passed on. And so from there, uh, you know, I, we decided, well, what can we do with his music? We don't have the ownership, the mechanical role is what we were told at some point. But uh, it's just been an eye-opener to us to learn about him. And uh, and when we talk to uh, fans of his, black and white, we've learned that, you know, people were excited to hear that Peter had relatives and that what we were doing as it relates to, you know, trying to reintroduce his music and trying to get him recognized with a Grammy Award from the National Academy of Recording Arts and Sciences. And that's been our journey now. And we've done some stuff recently that my my great son-in-law here is going to share with you guys about what's what's on the horizon next. All right. Now, I mean, 161 songs in the catalog. That's a lot, especially for those days. Right. So now with that recap, what in fact, because you mentioned trying to get the licenses or ownership of, of his catalog. Where are we with that? OK, we do have. Uh, I misspoke. We we've learned that we do have uh, the, the publishing rights. Now we do have that, and as it relates to the mechanical rights, the last time I spoke with uh, uh, Mr. Barry Horkin uh, from uh, you know NBC Music, and uh, he told me that uh, they gave some mechanical stuff to. Uh, the Library of Congress. Now, how that all comes about, I don't know. But uh, we do have the publishing rights, and our attorney told us we have the right to do what we please 
you know, with those lyrics. And that's what we've been, that's the project that we worked up and we're excited to share it with you guys. Okay, so before we get back or go further into the legalities of the difference between publishing rights and mechanical rights, let's talk about this new project that you guys have. Okay, so uh, the new the new project that we that we have, and this is this is only exclusive for you know Jack Dapper and his audience, because we haven't told anybody, and the family uh, we we was going to share it with the family, but they don't know it still. So this is exclusive. Well, we're excited. Yeah, only for you, only for the best. That's right. <laughs> uh, we uh, what I did was. Uh, the music that 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 we are that we can use, and we we got with a uh, a group, an organization that had means to a studio, and we got with a um, we got Peter's music, the ones that that people are rec- you know recognize, you know that that's still being played to this day. We took five songs of his, we took five songs and and remastered it, you know, and the bass line so it'll be more, it'll be a little, little richer in sound and everything. And uh, the bass player's name is John Williams uh, out of Memphis. And he uh, he laid a bass line to it. And now we just remastered all his songs. Well, five of his songs. And that's what we, so now we're releasing it uh, on Petey's birthday. The day, that's when the album will be released on his birthday, December 21st of 2019. Now the other two songs. And, okay, now that's the five songs. Now Petey's great, great, great nephew. Which one of them is named William Bunch, and the other one is Eddie Bunch Jr. They redid two of his songs. Um, one is uh, Peter Weistraw Stump, and the other one is Baby Luke. And what they did was they remastered themselves, added the bass line, and back and track to the song to add a you know to add a more youthful uh, version of his song. And so those are gonna be two bonus tracks on the actual album. So I'm told we have seven songs on the album that's coming out, and it's going to be on uh, Apple, uh, iTunes, uh, uh, Spotify, Google Play, Title, and other streaming services. Not just being able to stream it, will they be able to buy copies or hard copies of the album? Yes, yes, you can. Uh, all, yeah, uh, uh, iTunes will will have it as well, and Google Play will have it where you can purchase it. All right, now this is groovy. So now, well, what is the name of the album? Yeah, first? yeah. okay. I'm sorry. The name of the album. I got so excited about it. Uh, about it. Uh, <laughs> the name of the, the name of the album is Petey Wee Straw Reloaded because mm. we reloading all his music and redistributing it. And him being one of the bad boys, the blues. <laughs> That's right, and I should definitely sell. Not just see. It sounds like you 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 have the capability of bridging the gap between hip hop and, and the old blues with a practitioner, and so to speak. I, I say character very loosely because he wasn't a character, but I think you know what I mean. That yeah, that yeah. falls right. That falls in line with the 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 narrative of today's rap artists, right? Right, right. That's absolutely right. And that's why we thought it was important to bring his great, great uh, nephews, get them involved in it. Yeah, these cats are in their uh, mid to late twenties. Yep, and they're just as talented. So it absolutely does run in the family. Absolutely, that's right. Well, I don't know. It missed a couple of people. <laughs> <laughs> my wife, my wife, my wife can't sing worth a lick. Oh wait, oh oh, she she okay? No, she's not around. Uh, yeah, be careful. 
<laughs> so okay, so now with with with, with this, are you going to utilize this? particular project to try to uh, get Grammy nominations? Are you still trying to get Grammy nominations for the, the music that you guys have not uh, remastered? What's going on with that part of the journey? Okay, well, here's, uh, here's what's happening with that. If you recall, when we spoke uh, last, uh, we told you that Mr. John Horniak, director here in Memphis, the local chapter of NARIS, National Academy of Arts Recording arts and sciences. Um, we are still following his lead, which was reintroduce his music, then get back with me. And, uh, you know, then he could take it to uh, the folks out in L.A., hopefully, to get them to consider, you know, nominating him uh, for, for, for a Grammy. And the reason why we're hopeful about this, the great Bobby Rush, you know, blues legend, just received his first Grammy last year. And I believe Mr. Rush just turned 85 years old. That's right. And so, you know, we're absolutely positive, you know, in believing that, you know, we can make uh, this Grammy Award thing happen. That's good. Also by introducing uh, new artists to the blues. So let's, let's talk about this a bit. What kind of, besides adding uh, bass lines and, and having family come in, is there any other uh, adjustments or quote-unquote genre additions that may gravitate to not just PD's ground fan base through the blues, but outside of the blues? Well, this album right here, this release is just phase one. Right, right. Of the uh, of the blitz that, that we're going to do, because right now we we focus on his hardcore fans who, you know, who, who want to hear, you know, a more livelier version of his music and also introduce his his great great nephews to the to the world as well to let them know that hey that here's a second generation or the third generation of Peter Weistraw. Now I'm envisioning uh, of using other other musicians in different genres, which is rap, rock, uh, country, bluegrass, you know, even gospel. Using you know using those using that that genre to produce a larger larger album and they don't you know not and i'm not talking about people who are you know celebrities but i'm talking about like everyday people to get his music out there to really really get it out there arrange it the way you want to use the words every you know use the words how you want to whatever but just reintroduce his music to the masses to the younger younger generation this right here this album reloaded is for the hardcore fans who really really truly know and love Pete. and, and what we're and what we're going to pattern this next project after, after we get uh, this music out, and, and it's going to be called the We Straw Project, but what we're going to pattern this project after is this. I'm sure you got uh, tons of fans out there who are familiar with, uh, you know, Reggae, the great Bob Marley. They're Absolutely. The great Bob Marley. They're familiar with the great Rolling Stones. And for those who are, you know, connoisseurs of music, they will be familiar with the project where the Rolling Stones took Bob Molly's Stare It Up. They took that song, redid it, and called it Start Me Up, which became a great, you know, a mega hit. And so we're what we're doing, we're going to pattern Petey this project. We're going to allow artists to take his lyrics. Uh, we own the publishing rights. We're going to ask them to take those lyrics, you know, go through the lyrics, get a feel for what that song was about. Then put your own spin on it. Keep the title of that song 
but put your own spin on it like the Rolling Stones did. And that's what uh, this next big project will be about. So uh, Rico is right. We'll be looking for a hip-hop artist, uh, country, rock and roll, whatever, to give everybody a flavor of, you know, the great Petey Weestrow. Well, it sounds like we're having a Petey Weestrow movement that's, that's brewing here. Yes, sir. Oh, yeah. And I mean, you know, and we discussed this before, it's very necessary, his contributions to black music, to American music, to every genre, for that matter, in movies, was humongous, is humongous to this day. I mean, and you know, not for nothing, now is actually a great time, because uh, Eddie Murphy and Netflix just did a um, Dolomite film, and Dolomite, one of his movies was based on Peter Wiestra in his own uh, characteristic way. Absolutely. So, mm-hmm. you know, th- there's a lot of, of folklore and history that could be, you know, connected. Well, not that that could be, it is connected to this, but that the people need to know about. Mm-hmm. Right, right. Yeah, because when before I got into the family, I mean, got in good, and they were t- my uh, my wife was telling me about, oh, I'm related to Peter Weistra. I was like, Rudy Ray Moore, and she's like, no, the blues thing. <laughs> I was like, never heard of. <laughs> wow. <laughs> and then I started doing my own research. I was like, oh wow, this man was, you know, him and Robert Johnson was like, you know, in the same ballpark. Okay. Yeah, I mean, I, I would go as far as saying he was. Uh, bigger than Robert Johnson because you know he really he had a, a, a as you guys know a huge catalog and he was on the uh, mainstream market right right you know he was a pop star of the day he was a I guess you could say 50 Cent or Jay-Z of the day just about yeah, absolutely right right, right exactly and, and what happened uh, you know with us not having this knowledge way back when decades ago had we had this knowledge decades ago Man, I'm certain we'd be, you know, his name would be up there, you know, with some of the blues greats. I won't call any names. That the modern blues blues greats. His name would be up there, and people would know him from that standpoint. Absolutely. Well, you know, th- this is the moment to make that happen. Absolutely. Yeah. So, are we going to get any visuals with this? Any videos? Mm, no, not at this, not at this moment. Right now, we're just going to focus on just the music. And what I appreciate is the fact that you you all are finding creative ways to reintroduce, you know, a a legendary musician to to a new audience, as well as to people who know who he is and probably have his catalog somewhere in their iPad or cassette, uh, depending on when they started buying. Right. You know, so this is great, you know, to continue to find new and modern ways. But, you know, you guys remember what's really more important to me is the fact that it is with the family. Right. Mm -hmm. right. Yeah. So many artists uh, have lost all of their publishing rights. And we just, I'm telling you, man, you know, uh, God has blessed us. So as we research this whole thing, and what we've learned about a lot of the artists whose family do not have access to their catalog, who just lost it. You know, they don't have it. And, uh, it, you know, it's disheartening, man, when we hear these stories. Oh, yes. Oh, hey, I, I know I asked you last time. I, I, I wonder if there's any update on this. How about any photos? No, sir. That's that's another issue. You know, by us coming to the story late, and I call it a story, you know, because I've reached out to... When I talked to NBC Universal, you know, when I spoke to Mr. Uh, Barry Corkin, 
I asked him, were there any photos available? The only photo is that one photo you can find on the internet. You know, we redid that photo. We There's a new one that's going to be on the cover for uh, Reloaded. Right. But all we did was, you know, a few alterations, added colors, which gave us the right to use it. And we did, you know, get permission from uh, copyright, U.S. copyright. We submitted it to them, uh, you know, for permission to do that. Okay, that, good. You know, when we, when we try to reach out to those old, you know, recording labels, man, it's just, you know, nothing. You can't find anything. It's just that one stock photo right. of him with the guitar. Ironically, the guitar, not the piano, so. Right. right, because this guy played piano. He 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 was quite a composer. Mm-hmm. That's right, right. But as we you know, uh, you know, keep putting it out in the public, man, there may be somebody out there, you know, because he his, his audience man was very mixed, and it, a, a lot of the local whites they loved his music. He performed for them, you know, at their home, you know, on their farm, and so there may be somebody. You know, God works in mysterious ways. That is true. Maybe somebody going through their attic, hear this story, and get a photo, you know, of <laughs> Petey performing at their great grandfather's or great great grandfather's home from back in the day. That so is that is true. Hopefully, man, that something it may pop up. That is that is that is very true. That is very true. Now, what I would like to ask you with this one is kind of going back to the legal situation because I've noticed that when we were discussing publishing and what you were going to allow musicians to utilize, mm-hmm. it sounded and correct me if I'm wrong, but it sounded as if you were specific to the lyrics and not necessarily the composition. Did I read that right? Well, according to now we are we're signed up with BMI. Okay. And what our attorney has assured us, that 161 catalog, there's only I think two or three songs we can't use, but out of the rest of those, we have the right to take those lyrics and do whatever we want to do with them. We can have artists, you know, on our next project, we'll be able to tell artists to take those lyrics, take the title, you know, do what you will with those lyrics, uh, you know, keep it respectful, of course. And, uh, you know, uh, we have the right to do what we please with, with those lyrics, which is the publishing right. Right. But because not people, the music, well, not with the well, composition. Well, now here's what another attorney told us as well. Mm-hmm. Add that bass track, make it yours. Yep. And so that's what we were, we've been told, and that's what we did in this project. Okay. We, you know, because the majority of uh, the composition is, is ours, you know, the lyrics and so forth. Correct. So we were told to add a bass track, a simple bass track, or a lead guitar, whatever you want to do, organ, make it yours. Now it's you. Okay. 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 And you know, the, the reason why I specify that, because again, get into the root of, you know, someone putting hard work into something and someone else owning it. And then the, I guess you could say complications. Mm-hmm. I mean, in some cases is worse than complications, but you know, the complications in actually uh, having access to the estate, because this is his estate at this point, yes? Yes, sir, that's correct. And we did the estate search. Uh, my father, it's his. That's why I say we we did, an attorney did a search. And uh, what they came back legally and said, hey, my father's name is Jewel Bunch. Mr. Bunch, you own, uh, you know, the estate of Petey Weestraw. 
And so there's no other there's no other person. And of course, you know, we're working on behalf, you know, of our father. Hey, he just turned uh, 90 last year, uh, Mr. Dapper. He'll be 91 in a couple of weeks. God bless. <laughs> yes, sir. That's serious business in this day and age. Wow, God bless. Um, Well, let me ask you, have you received, noticed, or had any whether aggressive or slight pushback from any enthusiast, any historian, or any of these record labels that have somehow gotten the rights to all of these old songs and wish to make money, profit, or exploit it? No, sir. No, we have not. And and we've been keeping our ears to the ground for that. And that's why I, when I reached out to NBC Universal, and when he told me that, hey, we gave it to meaning NBC Universal gave it to Library of Congress. And I thought, well, you know, they had given up on it. But absolutely, we've had no pushback from anybody. Uh, no relatives have come out to the woodwork, uh, that sort of thing. But well, that's of good. Course, you know, but now if we go out and you know, go up on the stage in L.A. And, and receive a Grammy, Lord knows what might happen. <laughs> that is also point, true. Right. But at this point, the few royalty dollars that we do get, come from BMI, and there's no one uh, contesting that. Yeah, because that's our, that's our ultimate goal, is to give him that recognition that he richly deserves. Uh, Grammy, recognition, everything. Well, at least that's, and you know, I might be speaking out of turn, but that's what I'm doing it for. Right. I'm doing it for, for, for his legacy and the future bunches slash Dodie's <laughs> legacy, you know, Absolutely. my daughter. Because my daughter, you know, uh, she can get something that, that she can, you know, she can have when she gets older. Right. Absolutely. Uh, you know, and, and get it, some sort of inspiration. So uh, let me ask you, you've mentioned the Library of Congress and based on my work with them, they're very um, receptive, so to speak. Mm-hmm. Uh, have you reached out to them about this? No, no, sir. I, I sure haven't. I have not reached out to them. And it's been several years now since, uh, I corresponded with uh, Mr. Corkin. I'd encourage you to uh, to find out, you know, there's a couple of people there that, you know, would speak to you about this. I I would really encourage you to reach out to them and see what the situation is, because for the most part, to my understanding, the purpose is for this um, history, for that matter, to be not just preserved and archived, but utilized. But I will say this, though. Uh, for the next phase of of the uh, Peter Weistrom music project, uh, you gonna you gonna be pretty busy because uh, if I'm not, if, I could be mistaken, but I, I think you play a little bit. I do actually. Right, so I'm thinking, uh, you know, uh, a song or two on the next project got your name on it. We could we could definitely work that out. <laughs> we could definitely work that out. Gentlemen, this this has been a great episode. Um, once again, tell us the name of the album and when it's dropping. All right, the album is called Peter We Strong Reloaded, and it will drop December twenty first. Oh, that's and that's PG's birthday. Okay, and also let them know the the Twitter and Instagram handle. I mean, all of this is going to be in the description, but please let them know anyway. Okay, uh, the Instagram it's. Petey Weestraw, you know, at Petey Weestraw, and the Twitter is at Petey Weestraw. I know it's kind of weird, but they only give you so many characters. 
Right. <laughs> so I can use his full name. So just do strong. <laughs> <laughs> All right, gentlemen. Thank you very much. Hey, once again, brother. Thank you. Great talking to you for uh, you know putting us out there. We really appreciate it.